Hey, hey friends, it's Davion, it's Bruce, and, and this, this is, is Oh, That's, that's my, my Gay friend. friend, episode number 36. What up, people? Hey, hey, hey. Hey, husband, how are you doing tonight? I am great. How are you, husband? I am blessed and highly favored. Amen and amen. Welcome, friends, to another wonderful episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend, brought to you by Chick-fil-A. Oh, no. They hate gay people. <laughs> you might want to rethink that one. Well, listen, they're coming up with a cauliflower sandwich, so you know. Maybe you'll forgive them a chance or something. Listen, there's a lot of allies who I would like, you know, why why would you eat there? They were like, that chicken sandwich is so goddamn good. Like, I love you, but I love chicken more. Well, there you go. There you go. Next week, we have a different uh, sponsor. (laughs) Hey, friends, welcome back to a brand new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. I just said that. (laughs) I'm trying to move us along. Let's move it along. All right, you guys. So you guys know what time it is. We're going to give you some time to gather your libation. So go ahead and get that cocktail ready. And we'll tell you our libation selection for tonight. And then we will talk about our week and all of those things. So, husband, what are you having tonight? I am having a glass of Frangelico on the rocks. What about you? I am having some pink lemonade that you made earlier that was delicious with some Tito's vodka. So I don't know what type of summer spring drink this is. Summer spring fall maybe. Summer spring. This Joggers. is a charade. Yeah. This is a charade jogger. So yes. Let's raise these glasses, friends. Let's go. Clink, 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 clink. Clink. Take a sip. Oh yeah, that's that's always delightful. I haven't had a sip of Frangelico in a long time. It's always a good moment, right? It's always a good moment. Very good. This is that spiked lemonade. Right. This is a cute moment. This is very, I'm bringing spring forward now and winter. So there you have it. Springtime in Paris. So, husband, how was your weekend? Or should I say our weekend? Because we were together the entire weekend. Yes. And the week as well. So, the weekend was amazing. It was fabulous. We started it off with our wedding anniversary on Friday. Yes, happy five years. Happy five years, married. Married. 13 together. 13 together. Nothing, that's nothing to scoff at. At all. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was amazing. We started out on Friday with uh, dinner. We went to Mastro's. Yes, and Malibu was really cute. Our first time there. Mm-hmm. And I know friends who know us, you're wondering how are the vegetarians or pescatarians, if you want to call us that, I hate that fucking word, but why would they go to a steakhouse? Because there's no other fucking fine dining place you can go in California and Los Angeles besides a steakhouse to get. It's aggressively, it's aggressively <laughs> steakhouse or bus. Like That's it. Like to get a, a decent dress up type yeah. of feel. There's nothing else but a steakhouse. Why is that? I want to know why too. I want to talk to the mayor. Like it's if you eat fish, which we do, then that's like the next step down. Like you can find like classy sushi spots that are trendy, but if you just eat chicken, like God forbid you don't eat steak or fish, you're screwed. Yeah, there's no linen cloths you can go to. Yeah, there's no uh, like Sadiddy KFCs. No, not at all. And so, you know, we had a good time with our our meal. We definitely, you know, had all the sides with lobster and everything with it that had carbs in it. Mm-hmm. So that was fun. That was um, fun. They gave us a cute, a very cute uh, cheesecake. 
with a happy five year anniversary written on this. That was I was really appreciative of that. It was really it was really really nice. The you can tell we went at night. And you can tell the ambiance will probably be best enjoyed during the day. That way you can look out into the ocean. But it still was like nice, quaint, and cozy at night. Very intimate. It was. And to top it off, we heard the music that was being played in the background. And it really sounded like every 90s black film music was being played. So I was like, damn, like this DJ is really amazing. Well, look over to my right. There was an actual lounge singer, if you will, yeah, who happened to be of the Caucasian persuasion and was singing his ass off. He sung D'Angelo, y'all. Yeah, how does okay? it feel? Like he and he sounded fucking amazing. I was like, yo, I have to talk to this guy. I have to give him some tips and also get a card because I have plans for him later on this year so stay tuned and it wasn't like he was you know a john b white he was like aggressively white like yeah. blonde hair blue eyes like you would never thought that white. he would know how to sing the way he sung and also probably know these songs and not to show a bias or whatever but it was just like it shows you that music is music is universal and it has no color lines and he was just he was a great artist he, oh, was, he, he was, was an amazing really artist i mean he fucking sung erica Baidu. like mm -hmm. uh, bro like I was taken back and you know we had a good time there so that was fun that Friday was night. Friday what did we do the very next day on Saturday so Saturday I you know we took the kids we all bundled up in the car and we drove down to San Diego to go to Urban Moles Urban Moles I was gonna say Uncle Moles Urban Moles uh, which is a gay bar in San Diego um, in the Hillcrest area and went to a drag show Brunch, a drag brunch on the Saturday, which was a, a fucking good ass time. The best, probably one of the best drag shows I've been to, um, just from sheer fun. Sheer fun. <laughs> a lot of the food was amazing to the point where I couldn't even finish the food. You couldn't finish. The people at our table couldn't finish their food. Like it was aggressive. Those aggressive plates that were there, but delicious, and yeah. And so, one thing with Urban Mo's is with their drag brunch. So, unless you buy the whole table out, they will they will seat you with someone else, which was fun. You know, it's it's all light party atmosphere. So we definitely enjoyed Danielle and no Daniel. And his cousin Jasmine, yes. our new two new friends. That we they were there. absolute delights. Delights, wonderful from LA. Drove down just like we did, but the day prior, just for the show. So it was mm -hmm. it was good. So we saw a couple new girls that we've never seen before in drag. Yes, and we saw one that we saw before. Uh, I want to say Kamaya, but it's not Kamora Black. Kamora Black from, from RuPaul's Vegas. Drag RuPaul's Race. Race. And before we seen her, Mama didn't, you know, she was just parking and barking. But this time, she put on the show. Oh, no, she stretched in the back and came out and fucking ate up the entire stage. But who I was thoroughly impressed with is a drag queen that is kind of a big deal in San Diego. She has, like, her regional success. Yes. But I think she's going to be even bigger. Her name was Kixie. Kixie was amazing. She is kind of like the main chick behind uh, the Saturday brunch show and she puts everything together and she like hires the girls but she was brilliant like extremely funny entertaining yes like the quintessential drag host yes yeah, someone that you need to get the party started 
Um, she definitely has been in the game for a minute. She knows how to engage with people, make you feel comfortable, everything. And so one big highlight that, you know, we we as the Gaines family turned that party out. So she asked people who was there for a birthday, celebration, anniversary. So, of course, you know who we are. We let everyone know we were there for our anniversary. And so she pulled a lot of us up on stage. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, separated us in two different groups. And so she pretty much had all the married people separate and be two separate teams. So Damian was team A, I was team B. And so she wanted some team captains. And of course we love to volunteer. But it necessarily wasn't us volunteering as much as it was our teammates just nominating us as well. So what she said was, okay, you guys have to pick the Beyonce of your respective groups. Right. And she gave us a minute to to kind of talk amongst ourselves. And I don't know what was happening in your group, but in my group, which it was four, four. So eight of us all together up there on the stage. And the other three in my group, which consisted of a heterosexual male. A heterosexual and two heterosexual women just i need to lay that foundation right right now and they all just looked at me <laughs> what happened in your group so in my group there was two no one heterosexual male that was the daddy uh old white guy he was hella cool and two gay guys so well three gay guys so but it still was like, all right. So I was like, listen, the daddy was getting all the love. So I was like, listen, you need to be the Beyonce. Like, mm-hmm. we're here for you. He was like, no, I'll support you. Like, I got you. So I was like, okay. So Damian and I both came out and we pretty much had the battle of Beyonce's. I don't know how you went first because I did win the the uh, handoff. Uh, rock, paper, scissors. Yes. The reason why I lost, you guys had an advantage. I had to go first. So that gave you guys time to kind of plan what you wanted to do. So that was the whole thought process behind whoever go, whoever loses goes first. It made sense in my mind because you guys were like able to see basically what we did and had an opportunity to either expound or do better or like even, you know, stage choreography. So that's why losers go first. Sure, Jan. No, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> no, I feel like I was like, okay, well, we won, so we should have went first, but you guys went first. So it was like, great, you guys killed it out there. You did your thing. You know, there is video footage of this. We were put on our, oh my, that's my gay friend, IG page. And, you know, you want to tell the people how you, or maybe we could give each other examples. So I saw you go out there, work the room, shake your ass, twerked it out all the way. And then your counterparts were just kind of standing there, just kind of, I don't know what to do, but I'm a boop and bop. Yeah, because they kind were of made your straight. Way down they were heterosexual people. Caucasian people, which, you know, they were trying to find the beat. <laughs> I think that's what they were focusing on. They're like, okay, what's this beat? Because our song was Crazy in Love by Beyonce. Right. We both have Beyonce songs. Yes. Um, and I just did what I I just did what I what I knew, and I went out there and just shook my ass, twirled around a little bit. Uh, a woman had to come up to me and say, "Get the money," because people were tipping, right? And I was supposed to grab it, but I was just so caught up in the rapture of it all. The spotlight hit you. The spotlight hit me, and I came alive. Um, but you guys, what song did you guys do? So we had single ladies. I mean, a cult, uh, just a classic. A, uh, it, everyone loves it. Yeah, and so my thought process was, okay, listen, again, have the daddy go out there, let him 
do his thing. I support him because, again, the crowd was loving him. He was about, I would say, maybe 60, late 70s, but white hair. 60, like, late 70s. That's a big gap. Late 60s, late 70s. Something like that. He was in between that age. Um, but... You can tell he was either a CEO or some shit, but he's yeah. he's you know he he's he's been with the people. He's an eclectic type person. He was very sweet, a guy, very super sweet. Yeah, yeah, and he was like, "No, I'll support you. You go up there. I'll be right behind you." So I was like, "All right, great." You know, when the beat hit, you know what I do. I'm a dancer. That's what I train to do, and that spotlight definitely will have you be in the moment. I can see how some of the girls forget their lyrics at times because you just so start, and also. I don't know about you, but I could barely hear the music over mm. the screaming. You hear the bass more than anything. Yeah, so I was like, okay, well, let me just remember what I know from a step from this. And, you know, I did one, two, three. But I got to the bag. I got to, I got that money, though. Like, we, we collected our money. We was going out and getting the tips and everything. So, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was the best time. It was a lot of fun. And then, you know... My squad had to win. Just had to put out there for bragging rights. Yeah, it was it was beyond that. But it was a, a a fucking amazing experience because it was all eleven light. It was all, everyone had a good time. People who we met later met there later on that night at a different club was like, "Hey, you guys were the Beyonces. Like, you guys had a good time and you guys are great." So it was a lot of fun. It was it was so much fun. And the best part about it was it was unexpected. Like she literally. And did it very sly, if I may add. She just casually asked, who's here celebrating this and that and that? And, you know, of course, that happens a lot at drag shows. So, of course, we're like, us, us. And, you know, the other couples were uh, celebrating anniversaries and birthdays. And then she just casually, okay, everyone that raised your hand, you got to come on stage. And we're like, fuck it. <laughs> we're like, all right, then. Let's go. Uh, so it was something that you couldn't back out of because the peer pressure was there. But I'm so glad that we did it because that is a memory of something, we one, we've never done before. Right. And two, we did it on our anniversary weekend. Yeah, and then was really amazing and was great. So... Of course, we went by ourselves, and we didn't have anyone to videotape. And then we got back to the table. I was like, "Damn, I wish we did. We gave our phone to Jasmine and Daniel." Yeah. And then Jasmine was like, "Oh, I recorded y'all." I was like, "Wait a minute! Like that's fucking amazing!" Like how she was like, "Yeah, I knew you guys would probably want this footage, so I went ahead and just recorded the whole situation." So that was really sweet of her. So thank you. Oh, Jasmine, that was for that. beyond sweet. Thank you so much, baby doll. Yeah. Um, I will say, yes, your team won, but I'm still fucking popping aspirin from carrying my entire team on my back because at least you had some support well old man daddy was doing his a thing you guys made it rain on him we for did. one second had to make it literally in my group it was me it was just me and there's actual footage so you guys can see but yes it was Fun was literally had by all. It was. Yeah, I, I told my group, I said, listen, just go out here and just start grinding. Just throw your pelvis. Just 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 do that shit and get this money. Like I was literally See, like my J Lo. The benefit of going second. Well no, it was like I would have did that anyway. Like no, I mean having the con- having the conversation with them. Uh, to do, like yeah. us, we literally was like, okay, go now. Just go. Right. Well again, I thought we were going first. So that's why if you actually well, I remember I was stepping forward and then she pushed me back. I was like, Oh, all right, I guess I guess we're going second now. Like, I would have... I honestly prefer Jawson over single ladies. See, I prefer single ladies. See, yeah. And, like, I would have did the shit with Crazy in Love, you know, so... But it was all in the fun. All in good fun. Yeah. And what did we do later that night? 
So later on, we went back to the hotel, got the kids because the kids were losing their damn mind. Mm-hmm. So what you guys don't know about Duncan, Zoe and Duncan, um, we rarely take them places. Well, I won't say that. We do take them places before as traveling. They've only been to Temecula with us. I want to say and maybe Scottsdale. Scottsdale also, yeah, right. And so, other than that, they're in the doggy hotel. Like, they live the best life. But we was like, you know what? It's a, an anniversary family trip. Let's take the dogs. Let's, you know, we found a, a doggy-friendly hotel. Good, cute, very hotel. I like the hotel a lot. Oh, very cute. And so, once, once we got there, the kids were kind of trying to find their footing. But... We got back to the room, picked up the dogs, took them on the walk, also went to another restaurant bar, had some cocktails there, also gave them some little dinner, like so they can kind of have some time to just stretch your legs and be out, get some fresh air. Yeah. And then we went back to the room, dropped them off, and headed out for dinner. Which was single-handedly <laughs> the worst dinner we ever had as a couple in our 13-year relationship. And I kid you not. And the only reason why we were there is because you wanted to wax nostalgia. And, uh... Okay. That's, that's exactly what you mean. Okay. No. It was. It, wait, was, it wait. was. It was. Were we there because I said, no. ooh! I, so, <laughs> let the record reflect. I was factual in my statement that you wanted to go there. And I was gung-ho because I had never been. Yeah, so... If you live a group in L.A., there was a restaurant on Sunset that was called the Old Spaghetti Factory. And so it's uh, ages ago and it's, it shut down I maybe early 2000s, something like that, or 2010s. And so I remember going as a child, like that was a place that my family used to go to. We used to have like wonderful dinners there and just a good time. And so I saw one. We saw it downtown San Diego and I was like, oh my God, the Old Spaghetti Factory. Like... We, I would love to go to dinner there. Like that's, that's a great time, good memories. So you were like, okay, right, let's let's go. And it was in walking distance from our hotel, which was also amazing. And so we went there. Um, we actually walked <laughs> around in a total opposite direction, but you know that was fun to be in the gas lamp district. And so I think the first tell sign that this dinner was going to go down hill fast was the Caesar salad that was romaine that was just iceberg lettuce mm-hmm. with some type of Caesar dressing on it and it wasn't even tossed it was just like here's the Roma, here's the yeah. iceberg here's some dressing make it work um yeah I mean <laughs> there's nothing the really sign. left to be said other than it every every aspect was garbage the appetizers because we also got cheese bread now it's very hard to fuck up cheese bread but they managed to do it by literally serving us what seemed to be hot dog buns cut in half with just like cheese on listen but listen black people maybe some hispanics and the white people out there too listening but y'all know if you don't have no garlic bread you get whatever bread you got hot dog buns you slice that bitch up put in a toast oven maybe, maybe sprinkle some seasoning on it put some cheese on top sprinkle that the boiler, let it get a little melty. Normally, it's a good situation. Yes, when you're it's at a home, good situation at home, hungover at two a.m. and that's all you manage to scrape up. But when you make a reservation, go to a restaurant, get yeah. dressed, that is not the move. <laughs> it was not. It was not the one or the two. 
<laughs> it just wasn't. And yeah, it was downhill from there. So yeah, that was a bad situation. But we tried to pick it up. We went to Flocker, Flicker, Flocker, some other gay bar in San Diego, which was cute um, for a moment. And tried to go to a second one, Richie's, and they wanted to charge motherfuckers. So we were like, $14, which is an odd number. Who is paying to get in the clubs in 2023? It's It was so early 2000s. Yeah, I mean, there's listen, there's some clubs, if there's something going on or an event or what have you, but this just seemed like a regular Saturday night in San Diego. And the first club was playing the ratchet shit, but I was like, you know what, well, let's let's see what this is giving. It was getting kind of late, and, you know, that once we saw the price point, we opted out on that and went back to the room and chilled out with the kids. So, and then the next day came back, Yeah, and it was great. And it was great, and it was what? Rihanna Sunday, yes. or the Super Bowl, as you guys may know, but we called it the Rihanna concert. Considering more viewers watched <laughs> the halftime show million. versus the actual Super Bowl, million. it was a hundred and something, but it was still significantly yeah. more viewers for Rihanna. I think you're right in saying Rihanna. It was the Rihanna concert. The, the Rihanna uh, Sunday. Yeah, it was 118 million for, for yes. her and 111 mm -hmm. million for the Super Bowl. So yeah, and I was one of the 118. Um, tune in because we recorded it. You had things to do. Yeah. Um, you had your improv group. I had chilling out time. And what were your thoughts about the Rihanna concert? I, so I am a Rihanna fan. I will preface that uh but i will also say i found it underwhelming i enjoyed it because i enjoyed her music and all the songs that she chose okay i think she should have announced the pregnancy before the performance because we literally or i did at least spent the entire performance trying to figure out is she pregnant okay she must be pregnant because she just seems so tired Okay, like I was kind of taken out of just being in the moment because I was trying to figure out what's off. Because I just felt like something was off. There was a lack of energy. But yeah, what did you think? So I knew, I knew Paris number one, who was the choreographer for and the creative director for that moment, and she's done a lot of Rihanna work also and the other artists. But she's more exclusively has worked on Rihanna's um, Fenty the the fashion show so that type of dance choreography i knew that was going to be there right paris always gets a moment i felt like i've seen this before it was it was innovative in some ways with the all white and her and just in the red and all so and all the dancers male and female were in the same exact thing i thought that was kind of innovative and, and a good situation a good look um and a lot of people who i follow on ig were dancers who were after a the Super Bowl was over. They posted their back behind the scenes pages and everything and looks. And so I think that Rihanna gave what Rihanna was going to give, like what she normally gives. I've never been to Rihanna concert, so I don't know her to be a dancer. I did question that, you know, I, I was like, she had the baby nine months ago. So that doesn't look like after baby weight. Yeah. So I was kind of like, okay. Then when she realized about so she's pregnant. So, you know, was it the greatest Super Bowl performance? Absolutely not. It was good for Rihanna. Great to see her relive some of these songs. I'm glad she didn't bring anyone out. It was just her and her music. Mm -hmm. 
I thought it was very creative and ballsy of her to be suspended in the air on the platform, um, being pregnant, which is amazing and still be able to move and do a two step. So that was it. Do I need to watch it again? Probably not. Yeah. Um, the highlight clips is like, okay, but yeah, to, to rewatch her performance, like I've done with other people, I wouldn't do that. So, yeah, you know, but congrats to her. Congrats to ASAP Rocky on their second child coming. Um, all the dancers who perform with, with Rihanna, they seem to be amazed and did an amazing job. So, you know, kudos Paris again. You know, your choreography was amazing. You killed it. Um, but that's pretty much the highlight for me. And also, congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs who won. <laughs> oh, the by the Super way. Bowl. Right. <laughs> by the way. By the way, y'all people, you know what I'm There's some people who may want to hear that. So, congratulations mm -hmm. to Kansas City. Uh, I didn't think that they would do it, but I guess they did. So. Um, Congratulations to them, whoever they are. Well, it, it was a historic Super Bowl. So we had two black quarterbacks. We also had two brothers who um, were on opposite sides of, of teams, and they both played in Super Bowl. So that's kind of amazing. And they talked. I saw the clips of them, the press talking to their mother, and she had, she basically had like some swap meet ass outfit, like half Kansas City. Have uh, um, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles like guard together, mixed together. So it was, it's cute, you know, to represent both her sons. So that, that was a moment for them, right? Well, go mama. Yes. Yeah. Good for so, them. Good for them. Good times for that. Mm -hmm. But um, let's get into some more of these hot topics and some more of the shit. So there is a new reality dating show with three ladies. Who two I'm here for. One, I don't know why the hell she's even in the conversation. But they're looking for love. They have had some tumultuous problems with men in the past. Um, very public relationships. And so now they're going to date about 21 men. And see, can they find love? And this show is called The Queen's Court. And it features Tamar Braxton, Evelyn Lozado, and someone... Named Nivea, who had one hit, and I don't know why she's on the show. What are your thoughts about this show? The only thought I have is, where's the new Tamar album? Like, that's all. Honestly, the quiet is kept. I will take a Tamar album before I take a Rihanna album. I just need Come someone. I just need a vocally strong R&B album yes. in 2023. Yes. Everyone right now is so aggressively into vibes and, you know, like <laughs> letting the music just take you away. Like, I just want a strong vocally led album. And the only person that comes to mind right now is Tamar. Tamar. And she's doing literally everything else other than getting her ass into that studio. This show is something no one asked for no one needs and i feel like we two are going to be the only ones that fucking watch it i think there'll be other people who will watch the show um sure yeah people we have over our house that we put it on for when they have no they, like held captive now listen i love tamar esteem braxton down boots she is one of my top favorite vocalists like when I need to hear, like what you said, an R&B album to get that spirit right, to get your, the soul fixed, mm -hmm. just to feed your soul, she is that voice. And so I echo what you're saying about where the fuck is her album at. Um, 
you know, she's she's always she's a she's a, a girl who loves love. She's a Pisces. You know how you Pisces are. She loves hard. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy to see her and also get the bag right. Evelyn Lozado. Are we being truthful? Are we? I mean, you typically are. Typically always. (sighs) Okay, so I'm gonna be respectful because she's trying to change her life. Although she's always came after my girl Jenna some bullshit for basketball wise, but that's a whole other situation. I'm gonna keep it present today. You know, she's ran through three different franchises of sports organizations. Okay, let's just call it what it is. I'm not mad at you. Get your money. Do your thing. Did you ruin a man's life? Some people say yes. Some people say no. Come up with your own conclusion with that. You tried to fix your life with Yolanda or Yolanda. What's her name? Zazam. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Iyanla. 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 Yeah. He was on Iyanla? She tried to fix her life then. Okay. Good for her. And then Oprah gave her a shot. So now we're on Peacock now. So now we're, <laughs> we're somewhere else trying to date men. And she looks good. Mama looks great. I'm just not sure this is a show for you, you know. Um, but hey, I'll watch it. You know, you're not a basketball wise anymore. You know, you were really known for that. Um, I kind of miss your, you know, your, your Puerto Rican roundaway girl type attitude because she's a fun time. I don't know if I want to see her date all these dudes though. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have Nivea. So next topic. <laughs> yeah, I literally have nothing to say about Nivea. I didn't even I enjoy her music when she was singing. I mean, the, what was it? Uh, she had the song with R. Kelly. We can't sing that song no more, no more because he's... Did she have a song with R. Kelly? Yeah. Uh, I don't know her shot. from... Uh, uh, laundry Mat. Take it to Laundry Mat. Take it to the Laundry Mat. R. Kelly was on? Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah, that whole situation. Um, I just like, knew... Yo, Nivea, girl, are mess- you mocking me? I know you're not mocking me. Oh. I only knew Don't Mess With My Man. That was her, right? Yeah. Was Jagged Edge? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. But, yes, we don't like her. <laughs> I like, listen, her, her, I'm a Nivea radio fan, which was ages ago. She tried to do the show on BET with the, um, the ladies from the girl groups that had Aubrey O'Day mm. and Cherish and all them. And she walked away from that. Yeah. I'm just curious to know who was like, Nivea is the one that we need to have on the show. Like, who idea was that? Right. It is a, a motley crew of women. Those three, I don't see them even knowing each other outside of the show. You would think they would get, like, friends or... I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah. But either way, we'll be watching. Yeah. You know, and if you guys are interested, it comes on Peacock. March 16th, which is the day before Tamar's birthday, because she's it's actually a St. Patrick's Day baby, which she calls St. Tamar, Tamar's Day. Okay. You know, I'm a Tamarian all day. Again, Tamar, Braxton, the Braxton family, all the sisters, I love the family. Don't know them personally, but they have been through a lot. And I hope every woman on this show, hopefully they'll find their king at the Queen's Court. There you so, go. March 16th, you guys, we will we will remind you about that date on Peacock just to let you know if you want to tune in because we will talk about it. Okay, so to round things out, uh, you have a 
Have You Ever Wondered Why, which is our new segment on the show. Do you want to share with us? Yes. Have you ever wondered why it's so fucking hard to get Beyonce tickets? But we got them. We got them. We got them. We will be cuffing it. Yes. When? Weather. On August 11th in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes. We will not be in the Los Angeles show in SoFi because one of us will still be in Europe. <clears throat> Me and you will be back home. Yes. So we couldn't make that work. But we made it work for Atlanta. So we will be there. But I just want to know why was this? This was like trying to solve Newton's great, I don't know, equation yeah. of arithmetic or some shit like i made that shit up but it was the hard this was the hardest thing to it fucking was, do it was so unnecessary and confusing i didn't like our friend group we all registered and it was like different ways you can register like if you had a certain bank card or if you were a beehive member and it like you would have to get a, a special email if you were on the wait list and if you were off the wait list you still weren't guaranteed a ticket it was just so many right. steps that i got confused and i didn't even know that general like tickets were on sale because i was like is it still in the pre-sale stage <laughs> right and like my brother texted me like prices ticket seats that were available uh for him in austin and that's when i hit you up i was like okay i guess people regular people can buy tickets now so do you just want to look and see what's left yeah because i was i was aggressively looking for pre-sale i was waiting for my email never got my email or, or, or received my email i was on the waiting list never received a text message for the pre-code so but it was just a lot it was i've i've never so much anxiety it was, and i don't do anxiety but i'm like what so, so it was nice to be caught up, I guess, in the moment to be with the culture. Like we can say, okay, oh, oh my God, I remember we're trying to get tickets for this show, blah blah blah. But I don't need that again. Yeah, <laughs> I don't need it to go me, through that experience ever again. It like, makes me not want to do stadium concerts. Like I'll just wait and see people on the come up or people on the come down. Right. Like I don't want to see any more artists in their prime because it's just too much stress yeah this whole lottery situation is like some you get the golden ticket some you can i've never seen that but okay i take your word for it but either way august 11th we'll be in atlanta for the show parts of me is kind of are kind of excited because we get to see it before people in la so that part's kind of i'm just excited to see it in general um i really feel like if it was any other person or any other concert i would have just set bucket a long time ago one because of the price two because of all the pomp and circumstance but i really feel like with this album in particular it it, it resonates so much with me that i know in 20 30 years i'll be cleaning the house to it and our kids you know be like fuck turn that off and i'll be like you know what we went to me and your daddy went to go see this concert so it's like i really want to experience that it's our woodstock it's our modern day Woodstock. Like, that's what this is. And and for me, in this moment, the Renaissance is our Woodstock. So, yes, like you said, we'll tell the story until the cows come home. But we will be in Atlanta for all the... And I honestly feel Atlanta is the best place. Listen, all the gay boys, her whole hive, 
the I think the Hive headquarters is in Atlanta. So this is just a bunch of gate. Yeah, so they're gonna be buzzing. So I can't wait for all of the shits and giggles that will ensue and we'll keep you guys abreast of all the things. So um so yeah. So right now, because it is Black History Month, we want to highlight some black queer achievers, greatness, and so this segment we have spotlights of black queer culture. Yeah. Yeah, baby, yeah. <laughs> so who do we have tonight that we're going to spotlight of black queer culture? So for our very first spotlight, we're going to shine a light on James Baldwin. All right. Baldwin is one of America's greatest writers, as well as a powerful activist in the civil rights and gay rights movements. When he released his second novel, Giovanni's Room, in 1956, its themes of gay social and self-acceptance in black communities were something never talked about in such a public way. His writing on black, gay, and bisexual men have paved the way for queer writers of all types, and his mark on culture will never be forgotten. Yes, so James Baldwin, sir, we appreciate you wherever you are in this universe and in this space. We thank you. I, I enjoy many of your writings, and you know, thank you for leading the way for black queer culture, especially for black gay men. Um, do you have any thoughts about James? He the homie. James Baldwin, an Apollo legend. <laughs> we salute you. Yes, we salute you. Yes, you want to come on, husband, with the old school. Let's go. And on that, you guys, we'll take a break and we'll come back with the reality roundup. BRB. All right, we're back with the reality roundup. We are back with the reality. And so, the first reality show we're going to talk about is the new girls have just came back. And we're talking about Real Housewives of Jersey. Now, we pick up from the fight, which Dolores and Jennifer... Had some words, and Jennifer has some choice words for Dolores. Well, Jennifer always has choice words for everybody. <laughs> and so, if you guys don't remember, in the, at the reunion last year, Dolores basically calls Jennifer a cunt, which is one of my favorite words. I love the fucking word. I say it almost every day to somebody um, because it's just an amazing word. But she didn't randomly tell her that because Dolores never comes for anyone, but she will defend herself. It was when Jennifer, for whatever reason, decided to throw Dolores under the bus and say that she didn't feel Dolores was like defending her enough. I, I believe that's what it was. It was something yeah. random and like completely off out of left field. She feels that Dolores wasn't a friend to her or lawyer and never wanted to try to protect her or some shit. And they just have two different definitions of what friendship looks like. Dolores is an old school Italian broad where she's like, she's loyal to a fault. Yeah. But Jennifer just does some, this. I love Jennifer. I like her a lot. But she does some kind of things that's kind of questionable. You know, the people don't, that doesn't really sit well with people. And I just think that that was the issue. And so when Dolores has her um, calendar 
charity event. Which why is it called a charity event? But I mean, I get they're selling the calendars for uh, charity. Charity, but yeah, it, this was an event. Whatever. Follow shoot. By the way, and so <laughs> Jennifer goes around talking to all the ladies about how Dolores hasn't came to talk to her. And, you know, Dolores feels like, listen, I invited you and included you and your husband on this event. So I don't need to. That's enough. <laughs> like, I don't need yeah. to come up to you and say, hey, thank you for being here. Like the fact that I extended it to you says enough, you know, but Jennifer being the millennial she is, she just feels she's owed something. And. You know, like Shirley Lee Ralph said, no one has to like you, love you, or respect you, but you need to lick yourself. But you better love what you see every day in the mirror, you know, so. Well, considering that Jennifer's had multiple cosmetic surgeries, I don't think that is the case, but I digress. <laughs> yes, so that happens. That's where we pick up. And then we find out that Teresa and Melissa had an engagement in L.A. together. Um, which was kind of concerning for Joe, Melissa's husband, because he's like, you guys haven't seen each other. We barely talk. You know, the last time we saw each other was at the reunion. There's tension. So how would you guys, how are you going to coexist together in this space? And I want to say, were they presenting an award? Because they didn't show it on Bravo. They're no, just they, were, they were at the MTV Movie Awards. So they oh, did that's have what to, it was. That's what it was. They did have to present an award together. Okay. And so did we... And our behind the scenes, did we look at the footage or had you saw anything about that? No. Okay, well, I just, I'm curious to know how that kind of went. But apparently, they talk about it and they say, you know, it was fine. They can be in the space of each other and there's no big to do. Mm -hmm. And so that happened. And, you know, I, there's a lot of hurt here in this family, which I'm really sad to see that they haven't figured this out yet. Um, I don't think that there is anything to figure out at this point because it's been ongoing for so long and neither one of them are willing to let go of what initially sparked the drama, which was how Melissa and Joe got on the show in the first place. So I think at this point, it, it just washed their hands with each other. But see, my thing is, is okay. Two things can be true. I I feel like Teresa has selective memory. Oh well, yeah. At times. Selective memory at times. You know, again, you know, if you signed all these documents that your husband just told you to sign, but you didn't know what they were for, and this whole situation. So I think that that's how it went with Melissa and Joe getting on the show. Mm. And it's like you just may have forgotten that you did say your ass or however it went, but they're here now. So what's the big issue? What's they're the big here issue? and they've been here. They've been here aggressively. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's been like since season two or whatever. <laughs> like they, they're not going anywhere, yeah. you know? And of course, Andy and the execs at Bravo love this dynamic because you're, you're, they're making money off of your family drama and tragedy. And it's so sad because there's been, a lot of life. tragedy. There's been tragedy. There's been the life and death and all type of things going on. And so one thing that we talked about, and I want to mention to you or get your thought process on it, is so with Teresa marrying her ex-husband, right? Her ex-husband, Joe, has some issues. And then Joe caught issue with the fact he put his sister in the situation to go to jail. And we know what happened. Mm -hmm. So remove that person out, right? So now... He's gone. That toxicity is out of your life. 
you would think, and your both your parents have now passed on. Mm. You would think that the relationship can mend and be better, which it looked like it had gone that way. Mm-hmm. Teresa meets a new boo. He hopes to be so enlightening and have, having her happy with Louis and all those type of things. But now it seems like now there's a toxicity with Louis in your relationship. So with your brother, how did we regress to this point? So what do you think happened to have gotten them to this point? Because first they sent, they looked like they were mending their relationship, but now with this new love and now new drama, they're back at square one, but even worse. Mm-hmm. What do you think happened? I honestly think that it what it boils down to is Teresa just doesn't fuck with Melissa. Now, for whatever reason that may be, she just genuinely doesn't. And since Teresa didn't have anyone else, literally, she stuck by her brother. And by, you know, product of that is sticking with Melissa. So she just kind of faked the funk until Louis came along. And when Louis came along, Louis' entire family came along. And I think that truly filled a need that Teresa had always had was that need for family. Now, mind you, Joe, Joe Gorga is her actual family, but just because your family and title doesn't necessarily mean you're fulfilling that need, especially when, again, Teresa doesn't fuck with Melissa. So I doubt that, you know, she was kicking over their house and, you know, I'm lonely. Let me go over my brother's. She probably didn't feel comfortable doing that because, again, she don't fuck with Melissa. So when Louis came along, and Louis has sisters, and Louis has a big family, he has kids that are the same age as her kids, it just all kind of fit, and it was easy, and it worked. And she got that sense of community that she lost when she was in prison, and now she doesn't have to, you know, bear it and grin with her brother Joe Gorga and his wife that she don't like it's like okay I don't even gotta fake it no more cause I'm getting my needs met over here and I hear all that but it's like this woman took in your or was there for your daughters when you were in prison cause of some shit that you did and, and your ex-husband caused this drama in your life but I mean were, was she though cause I well, think in the previews for next week that myth is going to be debunked but see I don't know cause I see I feel like the, I feel like the kids I, don't, I feel like the kids are, gonna, are sticking for their mother and this this whole thing and that it's just it's just an ugly ugly situation that's really unfortunate and yes we we it, we look at it for entertainment purposes but just the human side of me I mm. just really feel badly for their families because it just seemed like it doesn't have to be this way I don't have a sibling I wish I did have a sibling but for you to have your only sibling left and you, you're you at odds with that person like that just doesn't make sense to me but you know your life your millions maybe the millions will keep you warm and will be there for you I guess so but moving on uh, we are at Jennifer's house now, and the lady, new lady, I will say, Danielle, comes over to watch, to talk with Jennifer, and they, you know, have a play day with their their kids. And so, where Jennifer asks, "Have you talked to Teresa?" You know, she went to LA with Melissa, that whole situation. But it comes to find out that Jennifer and Teresa met up with now the nemesis of Margaret, which was her ex-best friend to get some dirt mm-hmm. 
would you have taken that meeting if someone called you who was, let's say, a rival of yours and that person was now at odds with that person to say, hey, I have some dirt on so-and-so. I want to have a coffee date with you. Hell yeah. <laughs> I mean, you have to look at the context. It, because Jennifer and Teresa, I feel, with Margaret are frenemies at this point. Yeah, they chose to be amicable and bury the hatchet. But it's like, we literally just did that like two weeks ago. We ain't besties, bitch. Like, I still want to get the tea. Uh, Jennifer brought up a, a fabulous point when she said, "Would if the tables were turned, would Marge do, do this? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and everybody knows that. No question asked. No question asked uh, at all. So. Teresa, I just went because, you know, like they said that they had some. So I just want to hear what they had to say. I just, I did, That's I all I They had to say. Gotta get both sides, you yeah. know. Uh, so, yeah. She absolutely would have done it. And they did it too. They did. And I'm here for it. And. Jennifer, I'm about to go her Dolores. She owned up to it. She's like, I absolutely went because I wanted to hear what she had to say. And she admitted <laughs> to it at uh, the mozzarella party. The mozzarella party. Thrown at Danielle's house. Now, just a sidebar, I really do enjoy Danielle. I Like, the second episode into the season, I see more of her and her personality. And I see why producers chose her. Because she... It's very fun. She gives you energy. She gives you fun, fresh. She's on the come up. So she's not trying to be pretentious and, oh, here's my mansion. Like, she'll hurt. She'll strive and say, my house is a piece of shit. <laughs> she's like, Jennifer's house can eat mine for breakfast. Which, which she has an amazing, beautiful home. Yeah, it's just does. not to the level of the other ladies on the show that have been on the show right. for years. Right, well, Jennifer's married to a fucking uh, plastic surgeon. But right? it's, what I mean is, it's refreshing. No, she's re like, she's a refreshing new energy to this dynamic. Now, why the other one is there, I'm not sure. But, okay, now, I only issue I have with Danielle is because she took my girl's uh, Jackie spot. But also... Danielle has made a point and she doesn't really fuck with Jackie and she called Jackie a snob. Do we think Jackie is snobbish or do we think Jackie is just kind of, I test you out to see who, I, I need to observe who you are before I really interact with you and kind of divulge my life to you. Oh no, Jackie is absolutely a snob. One because she's one because when she was on, she is the richest wife. And two, she's the smartest wife. She's an actual lawyer. Like, she knows she's better than these bitches. Like Teresa doesn't even know half the words that people say around her. Like Jackie knows she's better than these women. So she conducts herself accordingly. Jackie is a hundred percent. Because Jackie comes from money. Yes. Yeah. Jackie is like inheritance yeah. money. Yeah. Like she's wealthy. Yeah. She's not just rich. She's, she's wealthy. wealthy. It's a different yeah, different, rich, difference. difference between rich and wealthy. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to get on wealthy status. She's good. So yeah, she's snobby as fuck. <laughs> I don't see Jackie. I like, her, I, I like Jackie. I like Jackie a lot. Um but I hope she's just focusing on her mental health and her eating disorder. She looks really great. She does look when she, they are at Marge's house. The ladies meet up. It's uh, a lot of them. Everybody except for Teresa and, <laughs> and Jennifer, Jennifer. <laughs> basically. Um, they meet up and they pretty much talk shit about Jennifer and Teresa, which brings me to another question. Dolores being a friend there. How do you sit in a room full of people who and they talk shit about one of your best friends? I couldn't do it because my thing is. 
and I would say, hey, you guys have a problem with this person? That's y'all shit. I don't want to hear shit about this shit. Like, I know we're here taping this show, and so I guess we have to play, have to do the pleasantry shit, whatever. But my thing is, I don't want to then have to go back and tell you, go run and tell them, like, hey, so guess what? These motherfuckers said blah, blah, blah. It's about you. I just rather just not be in that situation. So once y'all done bashing Teresa, call me back in the room. That's how I would approach that. How would you look at that? Um, I would do the same, but I think Dolores does and has done such a great job at defending her friend. Like, even when Teresa's like dead wrong sometimes. Dolores is like, no, you guys, uh-uh. No, it look, listen, that's just tree. Um, so she never just sits there idly by and lets them drag her. She'll always kind of put in her two cents. So, and I think so much to the point where the other women's the other women respect her and don't even ask for her input on certain things. So they're like, okay, Dolores gonna say what she gotta say. They'll just talk shit amongst each other and exclude her and she's just kind of sitting there. Yeah, so... Well, that was that situation at Margaret's house, and then we moved to the Danielle's house. The Mutza, the Mutza. So, we're uh, pronouncing this shit wrong because yeah. we say mozzarella like Americans do, but apparently it's mozzarella. 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 That's I didn't hear the Z when they the, when they uh, pronounced it. Uh, yeah, well, they're Italian, so I guess they would know. They would know. <laughs> they would know the appropriate pronunciation of it, but it looked amazing. I want to have a party like that. I don't know if we can find some. Um, authentic Italians who make mozzarella uh, live in, per- in person in Los Angeles, right? But it was very sexy. A lot of the women were turned on by the cheese. Um, the guys were kind of well. One was kind of attractive, though, who was helping the ladies out. But you know, when there's great food and positivity coming around, there's always some bullshit that happens. And the first set of bullshit happened when Marge confronted Jennifer. Notice how she completely left out Teresa because she didn't want that smoke about them meeting up with her ex-best friend. Uh, Jennifer immediately admitted to it. She was like, yeah, yeah, I met her. Yeah. Uh, They get into it. Jennifer mentions how, um, or Margaret mentions how Jennifer is getting into it with everyone, including Dolores. And Dolores, uh, and Jennifer actually says, uh, I don't have a problem with Dolores. Dolores has a problem with me, which prompts Dolores to turn in the pool like this. <laughs> I heard the raggedy be say somebody's name. Right. That's, that's the look she gets. Like. So Dolores and Jennifer then gets into it, which is pretty intense. And they just, they're just yelling at each other over each other at this point you can't even make out what they're saying you can't but what i love was Teresa like hey guys um um let's both of you right let's table this right now right. for the moment just light some incense. and you know let's namaste everything and yeah um to see the thing what i i love i love about dolores and jennifer Right or wrong, they're both going to stand on how they feel. Mm-hmm. I think Jennifer now is at the point she's like, I'm not about to pussyfoot now again and back down or arbitrarily apologize just to make to move things over. I can be in the space with you, I can acknowledge you, but don't fuck with you. But I'm gonna stand in my truth and say what I say. Yeah, and I think she needs. I think she needs to show that, and I feel like Dolores kind of respects that. I think at some point they will sit down and really get to the understanding to say, you hurt me. Because mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing I see here is like, 
you hurt. I, I care for you, and I was hurt. But no one's saying that. It's all just ego that's being present. Yeah, I'm bravado. So, but next week we find out how this will wrap up with them. Um, and if they actually do something with this mozzarella. <laughs> because it's just sitting there and the guys are just taking all of the drama in. So, you know. Yeah. Next week, uh, we will find out if indeed Melissa was there for Teresa's daughters because Teresa has a conversation directly with those gorgeous girls. And Can we take a pause moment to talk about how beautiful, stunning, all of them are. Stunning. And they're like untouched. <laughs> no, no surgery. No, they're not surged up. They're just naturally beautiful girls. And they're really growing into their own. They really are. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, Real Housewives of New Jersey. Yeah, so stay tuned, you guys, for next week to see how this drama unfolds. Next, we're going to tiptoe into Married at First Sight. Maths. So, the couple are spending their final day in Jamaica. I'm glad because I'm ready to get to the real deal, mm-hmm. holy feel mm-hmm. with these people. Because again, I don't think no one should really be together. I don't think they're taking this. I don't see their progression being as serious as past cast um, at this time right now. Like, yeah, they, at this point, everyone's really just kind of going beyond surface, like just really surface, not even scratching it, just rubbing it. Yeah, they're all just kind of going with the motion. Yeah, just going to get along. It's like, okay, we need y'all need to get this shit moving because something is is not right here. Something in the book isn't clean. I want to start with the only couple that I think we want to work out, and that's Nicole and Chris. Okay. This season's MVPs. I just feel such a rush of relief every time they're on the screen. All the other couples give me some level of anxiety, but when I, when it's their segment, I'm like, okay, I can relax because I know there won't be any unnecessary drama. There's no like unbalanced emotions. It's very, I feel like their relationship is very supportive. Um, one thing that I could do without is the dog trauma every season. <laughs> Either somebody's getting put to sleep, somebody's getting bit, somebody's getting sent away. This season, uh, there are certain dogs that won't be able to live with the family. Right. So, two dog minimum. Yes. Between the both of them, they have three dogs. Um, Chris has two, and Nicole has one. And Chris was sobbing. Uh, at the news that he wouldn't be able to have his babies together, which I completely relate and understand. Yeah, so the show told them, like, you know, move to the apartment, there's a two-dog minimum, and so they were like, how do we figure this out? And he was petrified, like, sobbing, like, hardcore tears. And she did the most beautiful thing, I thought, that I've seen. So selfless. So selfless. She was like, we're going to figure this out. Don't worry, I got you. I mean, she was on bending knee, mm-hmm. holding his hand, looking into his eyes. And that let me know what type of person she is. I feel like she's always has been the sacrificial person in her relationship. She's always been a person to go above and beyond to just to be selfless and put others first. Yeah, because she did it so naturally. It was effortless. It was just like, 
Like, why are you crying? Like, yeah, she just I went, got, like we got this. Like, we'll figure this shit out. Like, she don't just worry went about into problem solving mode instantly. Into that, she was like, I don't have the answers, but we'll figure this out. Yes, everything will be okay. Cut to her then talk, calling her father mm-hmm. on the phone. Was like, hey, dad, listen, if I if I need you to take Charlie in or watch him, or can you can you do that? And dad was like, of course. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was like, I may have to take him down with me to Florida, but I got him. You know. So she was like, if I have to, you know, cry myself to sleep at night, but. If this is what it takes to make this work, I would sacrifice my baby to be with his grandfather. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like this broad all the way around. I yeah. really do. Yeah. Yeah, she really she really is in this experiment for all of the right reasons. Right. She's open. She's like stepping past beyond herself and looking past just what she wants and is opening up herself to this other person. And I feel to a certain level he's doing the same as well i just really hope for the best for them yes but with that said you want to get to these messy ass other couples well that's all we have for them what else you have oh no maybe i just thought we had some more uh positivity with them i just want to i want to keep with this positivity positivity (laughs) before we go to the womp 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 people um which is everyone else literally yeah so, if not, then we can move on. So, Clint clears up the mess with Alexia. Gina. Gina. Oh, well, I want to call it Alexia. He cleans up the mess with Gina of the comment of, I dated, I'm used to dating athletic, slender, slender type, or that's my type, or whatever it was he said. They kind of figure out the situation. He apologized to her. Um, she understood his position and but he also comes to the table when they come as a group collective and he mans up and apologizes to the whole group which I felt that was unnecessary I feel like listen why would you take offense to someone saying he dates slender and athletic women like if you were thicky thick like that's your business like he ain't talking about you mm-hmm. like what are you taking offense with I, I was so confused at these other ladies taking being offended by that so i need someone to make that make sense to me uh well it's not gonna be me i (laughs) i i i don't i wouldn't vilify him for stating his preference now everyone has preferences um i just think with him he typically i think a lot is being said from him that's not being aired because a lot of people or at least a lot of the women when it comes to him have this sense of here he goes and he even alludes to him being the type that says what's on his mind the first thing that comes to his mind so that leads me to believe that there's a lot that he's probably saying or there's an energy that he's giving off that is not translating fully on camera because everybody just kind of seems over all the women especially just seem over his ass so I don't know, but just from what we saw on camera, what aired, I I mean, I wouldn't have, like I said last week, I would, I would have been offended if I was Gina in the sense that, okay, you're saying this to get back at me in front of everyone. My issue would have been not what you said, but just in the arena you said it in. Um, because again, that's his type. You can't hate on somebody for stating their type. Right. And she also said that she don't date genders. Yeah. Or she listen, 
when I heard this broad say, he said, she called me light-skinned. I'm sorry. When can Caucasian people be light-skinned? When did that happen? When did colorism happen to step into that arena of the Caucasian of it all? Like, break that down for me. Well, the, I mean, colorism is in every... No, 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 no. We're not doing that. It's Black History Month. Colorism cannot be in white culture. Like, there is no way... He said she calls me light-skinned. Like, what? I've heard pale, whatever... You need some sunlight, but never light skin as a reference to white people. That I was taken back by that. I was offended as a dark skinned man. I was highly offended by that. Um, but she says her preference is not genders, and which is derogatory terms that he took to offense to that. So I just feel like she is the pot calling the kettle black or light skinned. Skin. And you know, like. I hate people who say one thing and then say something for someone else. Like you, it's okay for you to call him ginger, blah blah blah. But he said he did a slender. You won't take offense by that. Like nah, bro. Like that's not cool. But then we see a photo of them together after they kind of make up, and they look like a really cute couple. Like whatever they can get past, I feel like they can possibly work out because they do look sexy together. I think they do compliment each other physically. I really do. Okay. So more than more so than the other people. I, I think that I they. Will, yes, I will admit that. That's not saying much because again, I can't stress how ugly this cast is. But yes, they are more on the attractive spectrum of this group. Yeah. Um, is that all you have to say about that's all, that's all for them? Okay, let's move on to. Dominique and McKinley. Um, I probably dislike this couple the most. No, you do. You you dislike them. Like when you see her face and her eyebrows, Those your face, eyebrows, your dude. face is Ugh, disgusting. I can't. It's and, like, and what makes it even worse is her attitude. He read her the house down boots this week, and I was so ecstatic that one he stood up to her, and that he articulated himself so respectfully that she couldn't help but just agree. Like he didn't get irate because you know most of the men when they express themselves on the show they do it piss poorly, and they usually get like angry and you know storm out and the bitch is like running up the, down the hall because she has nothing else to grasp onto so she overreacts but he just very calm cool and collective was like i feel like i'm regressing in this relationship nothing is good enough for you you're constantly nagging about something i didn't like i i don't want to do this shit but i do it because you want me to and that should be a good enough reason to see that i like you right and she was just there with her chin not her shining chin. in the first is her eyebrows now it's her chin like what about this woman has who does she remind you of that pissed you off in life a woman that needs to get thicker eyebrows i don't know like she doesn't remind me of anyone i just it, it, it you know when someone insides are bad and their outside match it's just i don't <laughs> I, it just doesn't sit well with me. And then on top of that, you have the nerve to act like a sedity bitch. Like, I'm used to this. And why you ain't got no house yet? And it's like, girl, where's your house? So listen, I'm so tired of people wanting things that they don't have, but they want it in their partners. 
the end. Like, like you said, how are you wanting all these things and you don't have it? Yeah, it's it's an it's a it's an honest question. Like, why are you expecting something that you can't give? Like, where does that entitlement come from? Like, does it come because, because you're interracial and you think that you have good hair? No, I think some women just have this ideal. Now, this is maybe controversy, but idea that a man supposed to take care like you, you know, I got the hoo-ha and, you know, this is painful. This is what they want. And so you need to just take care of me. Like you just, you're expected to because they've been taught at the age of you are the woman you need to man take care of you blah blah, blah which they probably seen from their mothers or other people when they're living I, I aggressively to, feel to, to, to tell that I aggressively I agree I think I agree with you in this case because her mother looks like the type that will teach her that but the difference is her mother is beautiful and stunning so her mother probably had that pussy cachet back in the day that unfortunately her daughter who as it appears, has her father's chin and his protruding brow bone. She does not. So where mom, you know, kind of put gas her daughter up to, to be this way, she doesn't have the same leg to stand on that mama did. So I just think my issue with Dominique, she just needs to humble herself uh, and be more open i feel like and i think the reason is because her mom applied for this for her i don't right. even think dominique wanted to do it no her mama wants to be on this show yeah her mom wants, her to, mom be on wants to be on this show so sure. you can totally tell she's just going with emotions like when is when is the limber <laughs> yeah when is this eight weeks up i'm ready to say my no and that's just rubbing me the wrong way yeah no i feel you on that yeah, no, her mother's gorgeous. I mean, again, I don't want to take nothing from her. Dominique, I think she's a cute girl in her own, right? But, yeah, she just, she she has criticized him so much because she also mentions, you know, where's my my room to, to have a moment? I feel like I'm the coach and I'm always trying to lift you up and this and that. And, which I understand that and I feel that because some of these men, I think they're looking for the mother's. Yeah, they're very, they're very much so in need of validation. Yeah, so. But that's all for them. Yes, next up we have Kirsten and Miss Shaquille. Okay. Miss Honey. Miss Honey. Miss Honey. Miss Honey. Miss Honey. Duck walking into our hearts. Um, Come to the stage. Right. I, what do you have to, I have nothing for them. <laughs> well, I do, but let me take a sip of my libation. Hold on. Um, yeah. Listen. That girl know that man game. That's why she ain't kissed him. She ain't rubbed. He, it's so, an, I don't want to say annoying, but I just want to be like, I want to shake the TV, but like, bro, she is not into you. Oh, I know. Like, you have your arm around her. She's not leaning into you. She doesn't feel... You, I think she's doing it because, okay, I have to be on camera with him. I have to, you know, play a little bit to get my check. But she, his, he just, I know you say he has that Southern man who was just raised with women type of um, affecting his voice and everything. But I don't know. It's more than that. Like, he's on the softer side of Sears, which nothing's wrong with that. I love that. And some dudes, hey, you know what I'm saying? But I just need him to come to his truth. 
And his truth is that I think that he has an attraction to men, which there's nothing wrong with that. He may have attraction to women. That's fine. But... Your life would probably be better with a man. Just saying. Life, probably. <laughs> like, you could live your best life with a dude in Nashville. I don't think that uh, this girl is for you. Step into the light, girl. Step into the light. Um, yeah, that's all we got for that. Yeah, because, you know, she she dogs him. She also has that whole, um, you know, a man needs to be this, that, whatever. Mm-hmm. But she ain't got to pop the piss in or window to throw it out of. Or a good weave in her hair. That leave out has left the building. Let me tell you, that leave out has left out. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> so, she needs to like you right there. She should have got true. Like she should have got some box braids like Jasmine. She should have said, "Girl, where'd you go? Get your braids done." Because <laughs> the humidity. Right, Listen, it's not shade when it's true. Okay, people, we say this all the time. When it's facts, it's not shade. So that's a fact. However. I just feel like there's no connection with them. And she there's not going to be a romantic connection that he's waiting for. And he feels it too because he's like, you just, like, you friend me. Like, you just friends on me. You don't show an interest. Like, how are you sleeping in bed with someone and you don't give them a kiss? Like, y'all have been together for a week and you have not once touched his lips. His lips have never touched your lips. He kissed you in the forehead like... This ain't brown sugar. Like, what the fuck? Like, why haven't y'all gave a peck? Mm. Mm. At mm. least. Hell, gay man in the club. We don't know people who walk up and kiss them. Like, what? Like, well, not all. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. But, you know, as a, yeah. as a greeting, you know what I'm saying? But, like, you can't even give this man a peck? Like, come on now. So, yeah, I just, I need them to divorce um, sooner than later because I don't have it for them. Yeah, they're just very uh, Manila envelope. But that's all I have for them. You have any more? I don't. Let's just move to the fuck boy. Like, let's just get his ass out the way. Well, they're the me. last couple, Jasmine and Eris. Like, I want. <laughs> I feel like uh, Candy's Aunt Nora. I want you to marry. Yeah, I don't want them to marry. I don't. I. She needs to. She needs someone else. And who? I don't know who. But she'll. He'll need. He's. He is not ready for this show. I don't know why he signed up for this show. Again. I don't know how he was selected for this show. Because again, That's we didn't question. see we didn't see the selection process. We didn't see the candidates. And normally we will see that. This season they did something completely different. They've never done before. They just went right into we have these people, they're getting married. Like I think that step is so important for us to see all the candidates to see, okay, how did you guys vet them out? Like what was the selection process? Because if that was the best y'all can do for her, was this, bro? Like, the Nashville is trash. Like, I don't, if you live in Nashville and you're listening to this, move. Just move. Relocate. Because if that's your dating pool and he's the top of the top, I feel bad for y'all. Yeah. What do yeah. you think about this couple? Yeah. That's what I think about it. I mean, <laughs> what is it? Spell, uh, spell it. E W W W. Um, I don't want. I honestly don't want to see him on my screen anymore. From the droopy eyes to the greasy face to his penitentiary smile, I don't. I don't need it. And what is even more enraging about this is 
he has the nerve to be giving the other guys advice and right. And you know when he's telling them his attraction level to her out of a ten is a four, but at the table with all of them, he's like, I'll give her a seven. It's like one, you're a liar. Two, ugh. I just there's nothing about him. There's no redeeming qualities about him. He's bossy. He's telling her what side of the drawers he wants and what side of the closets and no shoes and the dog can't sleep in the bed. It's like, dude, if you and that nappy ass beard don't get the fuck out of here. Well, see, I don't see him as a man. I know he's a grown man, but I see I him as a boy. I, I don't because I look at him as like well, I look like, like forty. My, <laughs> I know I'm more than, but I just look at him as like, oh, you little boy. You know what I mean? Like I just don't. He looks like one of my younger cousins. Like you know, well, no, look, he doesn't look like them, but he just has that appearance. Like he looks just young, and so that's the part where it's like, I know technically you're a man, but I don't really see you like that. Um. Y'all know what I'm saying, right? But I think more importantly, he doesn't conduct himself like that. True. And I think with her, she's looking at this like, okay, I'm going to go in. Again, I don't know. Again, it's, it's sad that women have to take this role on of having to support and just trying to overlook all this type of shit to make things work. And I wish she was just like, you know what? Fuck this nigga. Like, if you if you don't want to vibe with me or you don't see that I'm trying, I'm doing these things to make you feel better or make you be a better person don't take my shit and fucking go like i just think that i think she's too much of a classy woman to be with him i really do i think yeah. that she has a good heart i think she went into this process with the good intention of trying to find a mate and you know um she is ready for marriage she says she falls easily in love which there's nothing wrong with that she's a, a hopeless romantic Sir, you're 39. You've never been in love with someone. There's people out there that that happens. But for you to go on a show for marriage, why would you do that? Yeah, that's the part that disconnect. That's the disconnect for me is why would you go on a show for commitment and people who want to be in love if you never experienced that before? Yeah, you, there's still self discovery that needs to happen. First. Yes. So. That's my issue with him. Um, and just besides, like you said, the bossy. Listen, I get that. I have a preference. Like, you know, OCD, as I get older, the OCD starts to come out of certain things. I embrace it. Lean into it. That's just who the fuck I am. But his out the gate was very much like off-putting. Like, he could have had a different conversation with her, but like, okay, you know. Or ask him, what do you prefer? And then say, okay, well, I prefer this. But he yeah. was out the gate like, I need this side. I need this. It was like. No, I need. This, this is my side. <laughs> Oh, this he, is, yeah, he was a clarity. So yeah, clarity. it was. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. So, and she's just like, and you can tell she's the type of, of woman who can, who would, if a man is going to leave, she will follow because she trusts him wholeheartedly. But I don't think that's the man she needs to follow. Not at all. At all. Like she, he's not going to lead you to where you need to be as a woman and as a person to better yourself. He's not going to lead her that he way. He doesn't know where he's going, so he can't take anyone else anywhere. Yeah. Um, I One thing I wish these experts or producers, let's be honest, would stop doing is every season they always put the burden on one person in these relationships to kind of do the heavy lifting. And I know they lean too much on opposites attract. It needs to be said that there's something about being equally yoked as well right. because 
they pit people together with like, oh, he lazy as fuck and she likes to overwork and do too much. So they're perfect. She'll bring out the work in him and he'll make her calm down a little bit. Exactly. And meanwhile, the overactive person is fucking doing backflips, loops, trying to make this relationship work and the other person is just like, man, it's like, it's not fair. Yeah, it's not. And that's that's their situation right now currently. And again, I can't wait for next week because next week Dr. Pastor Cal comes, I think, with the hard hitting questions or just looking like, okay, listen, like, because I don't feel no one has consummated their marriage. No. Yeah, I don't I don't know if if they even touch or seen the parts because everyone's talking about I'm still getting dressed over. Yeah. Like, everyone's like, self discovery. Still trying to work at it. And I feel like at least half of the cast by this time would have fucked. Right. So. I mean, we'll have to see next week if someone will uh, tap that ass. Yeah. We'll see. But that is Married at First Sight. That's Married at First Sight. Speaking of tapping asses, you know, uh, on RuPaul Drag Race, he decided to do another Daytona Wins Part 2, the sitcom. Which for me just didn't land like the first one. And I think the reason why it didn't, he should have just called it something else because it's completely unrelated to the first Daytona wins. And going into the skit with it being called that, I expected something. Now, I didn't expect the same fart noises, but I expected something to, you know, be there or kind of throw us off, but also still be funny. And it just wasn't. It just wasn't funny. I just didn't get it. It's not memorable to me. I asked you, oh, did we watch this? You like, we did watch this when we came home from our dinner. I was like, okay, I don't really remember, but I know someone lost and, and <laughs> someone, someone won. won. Um, I, I, this, these girls aren't doing it for me. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the, the age, they're not seasoned. I think a lot of the other girls used to be more seasoned and had like a, a bigger resume before they came to the show mm. and these girls besides Sasha like who else is going to give you something like there's no one really turning it out for me that's making me feel like I'm going to remember you five years uh, two years from now or even next year when like the there's no one giving that ends. and that's the sad part because you know we thought what season 11 or 12 it was one season we thought that was just horrible like it could have been season 11 was that before the pandemic before uh Jaden Essence Hall won from home you know what I I want to say we thought season 11 was like the worst season ever but I think this season has them beat um, I think this season has them yeah I just I really want first it to get that narrowed down I want to say to like the the top seven um, because right now it's still a lot of bitches. They're still only an hour, so they're cramming a lot of shit in. The runways are super quick. I just really want to get down to the talent. Like, I'm at the point with like American Idol where they used to have like the bullshit, you know, interviews and then they get down to like the actual people that can sing. Like, I'm ready for that. Like, I'm just ready for it to get down to like the top seven, the actual bitches with talent. For the real competition, the episodes will be longer. It'll be more. You'll have more time to sit with these girls because right now I don't. 
I only know like four names. One for me. It was two. Sasha and um the Just one that hit Jones River. <laughs> that's it. Like Yeah. Oh, and Marsha Marsh and Marsh. That's I like that little twink. Marsha Marsh and Marsh. Oh, and Spice. So I know three. So this week, Mistress Isabel Brooks won and Ara Miari was sent home, who I believe should have went home weeks ago. But oddly enough, she was the winner last week. So, one day you're at the top, and, and the, the one day, day... You are the bottom, baby. Honey, not a good way. A power bottom going home. <laughs> no, power bottoms wouldn't go home. They would still be on top. But I uh, definitely agree. I think it should have been a double elimination because Jax was, I believe, in the bottom for the third time. Yes. And you can only flip, kick, and twist so many times until it's time for you to go. So um, I'm just waiting for Rue to throw a ballot at her ass and just and see her time. and see her flounder. And do time. And again, no one is giving runway that's like Shaykulay. No one's really giving run runway that is Pandora Box. No one's giving runway that is oh my god. Um Sharon Needles. Like no one is being extra creative with their shit. So these girls are just, you know, giving basic bitch. And it's kind of sad again because this is one of our favorite shows. I think the Rue Girls have done so much. She's done so much with making drag part of the American fabric and being the culture is now so it's so relevant now it's so in the mainstream where everyone wants to either do it wants to see it wants to go to a show and so that's another thing as gays we have to share with the mainstream people which we didn't want to but now we have to because of you know it's so popular now but I need these girls just don't just look at the show and think, oh, I can do that. No, I need you to learn your history. Study this shit. Like, be like Christina Aguilera in Burlesque. Like, she had to study Burlesque. She she know, she know knew every number. You know what I'm saying? I know every number. Why go with Watutsi? Like, I need them to be on that type of level. So, that was real. We'll see what happens uh, coming up for the next episode. And mm -hmm. we'll keep you guys posted. So, so unfortunately... For the Love of Dilf did not air. We don't know what happened with that on Apple TV. But I know you guys miss it. We miss it too. We want to know about the himbos. We want to know about the daddies. See who who got what. But stay sure. tuned. We'll find out what happened. So, husband, do you have a bestie of the week this week? You know what? I actually do. For me, my bestie of the week. And you may give me the side eye for this, but... I don't give a fuck. It's going to go to Danielle of the Real Housewives of New Jersey. All right. <laughs> Your face. Listen, she's That's young. That's she's not mine. young. She's fun. And she left an impression on me in the second episode. I want to see more. I want to know how she handles herself in conflicts because she seems so just fun around the way, girl. I like that. Fun and around the way. What about you? My bestie of the week goes out to the mozzarella. <laughs> hey, it's week. left an impression on me. That as mozzarella well. left an impression on me. But seriously, my bestie of the week is James Baldwin. We appreciate you, sir. Again, wherever you are in the universe, the space. 
Um, thank you for all you've done for a black queer man, um, especially shaping us and having us think differently and owning our truth and being allowing ourselves to be ourselves and standing up for our rights and visibility. So thank you, Mr. Baldwin, for that. And you guys, that wraps up this episode for Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Or if you have any questions, emails, comments, or concerns, you can email us at Oh, That's My Gay Friend at gmail.com. You guys, again, thank you so much for giving us an hour and a half of your time. You have 23 to be with yourselves. Don't forget to go to our IG page. We are going to post a video of us at the drag show having our Beyonce battle royale. Living our fantasy. Okay. Until the next time, friends. Bye, Bye friends. friends. Today's episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend is brought to you by the letter A. Hey, listen. Did y'all really think we were going to teach you guys something? <laughs> this podcast is just to have a kiki with my husband. Tune in next Friday for an all-new episode of Oh, That's My Gay Friend. Follow us on Instagram at oh that's my gay friend or email us your questions at oh that's my gay friend at gmail.com. Until then, see you next time, friends. <laughs>